the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Howdy. Uh, Thank you for joining us on this. I want to warn you. You may not have figured it out in the car, but I've had 17 cups of coffee today. I thought I would just let you know that when we got on the air. <laughs> you seemed quite intense on the way here. What? So, oh, what? Should be fine. Um, thank you for listening to the Relevant Recovery Radio Show and podcast. Uh, this show is brought to you by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Uh, we have a detox and two-year recovery program. Can I say my stuff? Yeah, sorry. Uh, the Matthews Hope Detox Program is 10 to 14 days. We accept all major insurances that are valid in the state of Texas. And if you complete our detox program, uh, you can sign up for two years for recovery support and aftercare, which is all free. Uh, and so if you or a loved one would like any information about our detox and recovery support program, you can give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. And we also have an outpatient clinic where we do our recovery coaching, individual therapy sessions, and uh, IASIS, microcurrent neurofeedback. And so a lot of people uh, are interested in IASIS from an outpatient setting. Maybe you're not even a drug addict or an alcoholic. And that's probably something to like make clear is that the people that go into detox are the ones that have successfully burnt their life to the ground. And they, are, they may be loved or unloved ones. Mm-hmm. But then in your outpatient, you have this IASIS that can help a lot of people. It doesn't really matter. Like there's no substance abuse disorder needed. You don't say abuse. You say use. Substance use disorder. Abuse is not PC. FYI. I don't understand what that means. That sounds stupid and ridiculous. I will school you on that later. Um, But even if you do not have a substance use disorder, um, let's say you have anxiety or depression. So if I have a substance abuse disorder, then it's worse. It's like domestic. I'm not debating semantics with you right now. (laughs) All right. All right. New rule. Three cups of coffee max before the radio show. Well, that's about what I had, but there were three doubles. Double espressos. So anyways, the phone number's the same, 844-AND-HOPE, 844-263-4673. Press 1 for the detox, press 2 for the outpatient, and uh, we can give you more information. You can also visit our website at mhdrp.org or matthewshope.org. And as per the use, you're listening to us in the H, 1 p.m. Central on KPRC 950. On Sundays. And you can check us out on the iHeartRadio app. If you want to listen to us at 1 p.m. on Sundays in the afternoon uh, while we're, while they, when they air the show originally, all you have to do is go to the iHeartRadio app. It's a free download. Look for the KPRC 950 channel. Or. Or. Uh, in the afternoon, they do upload us to a podcast. You can find us on, again, the iHeartRadio app under Relevant Recovery Radio. And I encourage you also, if you're on any social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, search at Relevant Recovery Radio. You can follow us there as well, and we'll notify you every time a new epi- episode is uploaded. Has anybody sent you anything dumb? No. And then they're not listening to me at all. <laughs> waiting for you to be funny oh wow that's hurtful (laughs) 
So anyways, uh, we had our <laughs> annual 4th of July party this year. We did. Uh, it, the, the, we have a theme every year. Last year it was 80s, right? Yes. Let's not talk about this year's theme. Why? Because. I thought it was fantastic. Nobody's business. But we did have a party. Let's say it was very Kid Rockish. Yeah. So if like Kid Rock was to throw a party in Oklahoma, <laughs> um, that was somewhat our theme. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody participated. It was great. People yeah. came dressed up just in their best Kid Rock uh, attire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved Becca's. Uh, she had a fanny pack on with an opossum hanging out of her fanny pack. That was, that was so great. great. <laughs> yep. Uh, I liked uh, Maudie's shirt. Did you see her shirt? She's pregnant. She's she, almost due, and she says drinking for two. Yeah, was that was fantastic. great. So uh, just FYI, our uh, party is all of our sober family. And yeah. so we do have a 4th of July pool party every year. And there's, I don't know, 20 to 30 uh, sober alcoholics and drug addicts that just come have a good time. So sometimes we do plays on themes and or like make fun of like drinking. You do themes for every party. I like themes. Yeah. I never got birthday parties as a kid, like past age five. Um, and so when my kids were little and this is before drugs, uh, before I got on drugs, but when my kids were little, uh, I always went really elaborate with like themed invitations, themed plates and decorations and... Why didn't you get birthday parties? You should ask my family. Did did your sister get them? I don't know. We're 10 years apart. Ah, okay. So by the time you were five, she was 15, uh-huh. growing up out of the house. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. Were they against it? They just thought it was a lot of work for no reason. <laughs> like <laughs> Your happiness. <laughs> there was no reason for that. No, I just did it. Why should we make her happy? <laughs> They just never, I mean, I was allowed to like have sleepovers or go roller skating, but there was just not like a cake or like a theme or like, you know, decorations like that. just So anyways, I don't know if I'm jaded from that. Is that that's childhood trauma, family of origins issues? No, no. I think that. um, But I like themes today. It makes us, it makes sense why when we decide to have a gathering, which we do quite often, at least once a month, if not twice, you will kind of go not, I don't mean overboard, but you're enthusiastic. You build like a flyer for it and you mm-hmm. want to theme it. And like, so you probably are making up for what you lost out on as a kid since your parents didn't love you enough to give you birthday parties. <laughs> right. You know? It was like, here's cash, you know, like there was not a present to unwrap. Well, and, or- and it's the same with me, but the opposite in that when I was a kid and my parents divorced and we had no money and my mom was a drug addict. And so every time we'd show up at the family, like the, the, the larger family for Christmas, we never had gifts. Everybody had gifts for us. We never had gifts. We were always the black sheep. You know what I mean? So it jaded me. So now it's sort of the opposite effect. You didn't get birthday, so now you make sure everything's a birthday and you celebrate and where I hated Christmas, so now I just stay away from it. And I did what you're relating to Christmas. I got everything I wanted, though. Like, I definitely got all the gifts and Christmas was a different story. I'm just saying for You were definitely spoiled. Yeah. I'm just saying for, like, birthdays. I don't know. It just wasn't in their wheelhouse to make it, like, a big deal. And I remember, yeah. like, when my daughter turned five doing her cake, and my mom was like, why are you doing all of this? You know? Yeah. I'm like, uh, make her feel special. You know? Right. They're like, wow, you love her? That's crazy. <laughs> we didn't. Anyways, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio.
Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Today, so we've been giving you, well, we've been pontificating about our 4th of July party and what's been going on. How's our life in general? We had a good time. I mean, we're pretty pretty good, right? Like... I am. People will (laughs) ask me, like, how are you? And because I'm self-obsessive, I'll, like, spend half a day on it. Go, how am I? Yeah, don't do that. Um, I'm busy, but good, but... I had a recent visit to my dad's in Chicago, and I got to see my mom, who has early onset, like, pretty bad Alzheimer's. But she remembered you. Which was fantastic. Yeah. Like, it made my year that she remembered me, and each day that I showed up, she remembered me. Yeah, and, cool. um I think that memory care place that she's at is really doing her a world of good. Right yeah, medications, sure. right routine, and to help her memory stay. And so it caused me to think about Okay, so I'm in I'm in Chicago. I'm with the fam, and there are certain dynamics with the fam. <laughs> Always, I bet none of our listeners can relate. I bet their families the, are all. Isn't that the crazy easy. thing that that is? It's pretty consistent with Across the board play on words. Pretty consistent with every <laughs> alcoholic or drug addict that we know that. We can get along in the fellowship. We can get along at work. There's many places where we just sort of float along. We're but great. But when it's time to go home to the family. Yeah. And uh, and listen, my family isn't horrible. I love them and they're great. Yeah. But certain things come out. Mm-hmm. And they came out in me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even them. They're just being them. But it showed you a little mirror to you. Yeah. And, and some of our literature in the, there's a book called the 12 and 12 and in the 10th step, it says it's a spiritual axiom that every time, and I hate that word every, because <clears throat> that means all of them, 100%. <laughs> every time you're disturbed. It's a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, the problem is within us. Self. Self is right? the problem. It, so it has disturbed. nothing to do with the people around you. Yeah. Uh, and so during my visit, I kind of got a little weird about some stuff. And so I wrote down a list about how these people are affecting me. And then I looked at the list and it's actually my own defects. <laughs> <laughs> usually that's the case when someone is really annoying me. Uh, it's usually cause they're showing me some sort of version of myself that I don't mm. like. Yep. And, and so if I'm bothered, I'm disturbed within what's going on. So I made this list and then I did this step two bullet points list, which is really just, I wrote out some prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I taught you that. Because I didn't, like, I don't want to harbor these feelings, but the biggest thing that I don't, and, and I left there with no feelings toward the family at all. I love them. Yeah. Like literally by the second day I was there, I recognized this has zero to do with them. This is completely within me. This is my own darkness coming and out. And families always have their own dynamics. And when you spend time away from them and then go back into those dynamics and you haven't been exposed to those same dynamics day in and day out in your regular life, mm-hmm. it's really like offensive to self. Like, oh, I don't want to act a certain way. I don't want to think a certain way. I don't want to be a certain way. God help me. And so while I'm there, I wrote these prayers out that because I know that prayer works. You and I have both seen that in our recovery, that when I put the effort and I am obedient and I do the prayers, they work 100% of the time, uh, like God works. The clock is always different, right? right? His clock is never consistent with mine. I want it right now. Um, so I come back with these. And when I leave Chicago, I'm completely willing, and I get back, and I'm like, what, huh? Everything's great. I'm good. Like, (laughs) that was last week. I was mad last week. And so what I started thinking about is from the year I got sober till now, how consistent have I been? 
where is my level of willingness and consistency? Right. Um, because I have to have the willingness to begin something to be consistent at. Yeah. And and so what I was thinking about is in long term sobriety. I've got ten years. You in a month will have seven. Oh yeah, it's next month. Yeah, you should start reflecting and getting weird now. <laughs> uh, well, it's a month and a half. Yeah. Um, August 26th. But the thing is that I look at, we watch people be inconsistent and then I have to like, look at my own inconsistencies. Where, where, what have I built as a routine? What have I kept up throughout? Cause it's hard. Cause in the beginning of sobriety, my life was a wreck and I wanted to die and, and, and it was in shambles. And so it's easy to be willing to do everything all the time. I just want to take a second to even like define what we mean by consistency. Cause you and I were actually arguing in the car on the way here about Because the you're stupid. <laughs> Love you too. Uh, I can't help that. No, you are really separating uh, short-term consistency from long-term consistency. You're saying short-term consistency isn't consistency. I say it's making a beginning. Right. Okay. So that's why we were arguing. But because yeah. uh, what I'm saying is we got some news that someone we know had passed away yesterday due to this. Which kind of blew me away. I didn't see that one coming. Um, And he passed away due to this illness. Drugs. So I sponsored him. I think it was in, like four and a half years ago. Well, I was sponsoring him when we moved. So two so years the, ago. Okay. So okay. two and a half. And and, um, and I never officially didn't sponsor him. He just floated um, away. He just kind of floated away. But the reason that, because uh, I got news that he'd passed away, and I told you this morning, and we already had the topic of consistency a few days ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, you know. And you wanted to make his death about our topic, and no, I no, said, no, it's not that, that doesn't fit. You said it doesn't fit, and here's why. Like What I was seeing is the semantics of it. From him, because because the reason we're doing the topic on consistency is because we see a lot of people struggle to be consistent, period. I struggle with it. That's what yes. I was beginning to talk about. I'll talk and, more about that. So just remind right. me to go back into it. And so uh, when we got news that he passed away and stuff, we were talking about it in the car, and I was just saying, but he was consistent enough to work the first 11 steps with you. He just wouldn't stay consistent in meetings and fellowship and sponsoring others and doing the deal, as we call it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, in a sense, that's what we mean by he floated away. He never fired you. You never fired him. Or and and like I don't that. know where he's at in the last two years. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. when we finished meeting and going through the steps, it was more about, you know, go repair the finances, the living situation, and not seek the 12 steps and God with 100%. And, and I don't want to say anything, anything bad because I love the dude. Like, right, he right. really was a great guy. I like, him a lot. Um, I'm really. I'm really sad that he's gone. I'm sad that he won't be around anymore and that uh, this disease is real and and but, it took him. And so the reason I was correlating that is because when I see in, even in myself or other people we're trying to help that lack of consistency, they don't have a clue how dangerous it is for their life and their sobriety. And, and oftentimes we'll see someone including myself the first year or so I tried to get sober in the 12 steps where I'd go to some meetings, never really had a home group. I'd work some steps, never really was honest with my sponsor, mm-hmm. wasn't making events or wasn't sponsoring other people. I didn't even see my own inconsistencies when I was inconsistent back then. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, okay, when you were inconsistent back then though, mm-hmm. had you ever been willing or made a beginning? Had there ever been a beginning routine to get you something to be consistent about? Short term, sure. 
very short term. What are we talking short term? Like what I'm saying is... Because I think that's what matters. I probably had like four months, um, three or four months sober a few different times, Mm -hmm. um, working up to step four or nine, you know? And like I was saying, like with a prayer and meditation and going to meetings and meeting with my sponsor every week, like... In my mind at the time, I was consistent. I didn't see my inconsistencies. But, but how much of that, that stuff, so let's talk through the day, like prayer meditation, talking to other alcoholics, uh, going to meetings. I was checking those how, boxes, how doing long, those things. But how long did you do that routine? Uh, at different times, different chunks of time. Like what I'm saying, like like one to three months. That's what my argument is. Your about. argument is that that was I'm, I was trying to make a beginning, and I had some level of willingness, but right. I never had consistency. Yet I did not know it. Right, because I've got to have some sort of longevity of a routine mm-hmm. to then be consistent about. Right. <clears throat> and where I have trouble um, is is the I think it's. I don't know. I think the, the the willingness and the consistency go together. Yeah, yeah. Um, you won't have consistency without willingness, but some people might have some willingness short term without consistency. And then I think there's different levels sure. of consistency because there is there is I I will say there is a floor to the bar and the bar is not on the floor. Right. <laughs> there is a minimum to my bar of where I will be consistent no matter what. Right. My pain threshold has greatly diminished. I can't take the pain I used to. Yeah. So there's certain things I'm going to be consistent about no matter what. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with relevant recovery radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hi. Today we're talking about Heather's inconsistencies in life. <laughs> we're talking about inconsistencies. Queen Heather, just go ahead and lay it out. Um, when would you like to start being consistent in your seven years of sobriety? Here's, here's an example. And so you define it for me since we're arguing over semantics about willingness versus consistency. Okay. For the first three years of my sobriety, mm-hmm. I did a written 11-step nightly review almost every single night. And I have the notebooks to show. And you haven't done one since. And I haven't done one, really, in almost three years, other than here or there because it's steel on steel. But, um, and so I would say that I have been consistent for the first three years and then consistently inconsistent for the second th- three years. That is the... Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm saying you were talking about. So, what you can say is that when things eased up in the third year, you became inconsistent. Yes. That's. And And you lost the willingness. I lost the willingness to be disciplined in that particular area. Okay. So, what we were saying when we went out, what what is your bar? What is the minimum that you will be. Because the other thing you used to do, at least when you moved here to the H, you would go to meetings a lot more than you do now. Because you made me. You, you dragged me to all... So, so that's... Okay, so w- when it comes to consistency, what so I want to say... what's your minimum? Well, I want to preface it with this. God doesn't hold everybody to that same bar, that same standard. So some people might be going to five meetings a week and still not stay sober. You mean like some are sicker than others? Right. It just turns out you and I are both very <laughs> sick. And so what I'm saying is, is when we say consistency, what we mean is to what degree the spiritual realm holds you accountable to be consistent. For instance, you've always went to more meetings than I do. But I think it's, when we say consistency, 
you've always consistently went to like four meetings a week or more. Yeah. You. Yeah. I've always done one to three. Always. Unless you made me do more. Yeah. Yeah. And for a while, it's just been one, my home group. But up to, my bar is- Up to the Rona. Up to the Rona, you were doing three to four a week, just like me. Post-Rona, one a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that's my bar on meetings. It works well for me for now. God may change that later. Um, if I'm low on sponsees and I need to go fishing, you and I know where we go to go do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do an H&I once a month at another treatment center. And mm-hmm. so there's things besides just my home group that I do. Mm-hmm. But that's my bar. That's my the minimum that's I'm the willing minimum. to do. I'm not willing to miss my home what group. What about your daily practices? What's your minimum? Uh, prayer and meditation, spiritual reading every morning, mm-hmm. at least five or ten minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can do more. Um, and that's it on prayer and meditation for the morning. Like so I, I just think, admitted, I don't do an evening review. I was going to say <laughs> that I think what me and the audience are recognizing right now is that you have a very shaky program. <laughs> you're, you're like on the edge. <laughs> I'm going to drink tomorrow. I mean, and you work in treatment. So literally, yeah. you're just literally I'm the- setting up for failure. You're the stereotype right now. <laughs> Not yet. I haven't relapsed yet. <laughs> and, and so my, my bar, the thing that I won't go below is I won't go below- and I'll say two to four meetings a week because there's some weeks I go two, right? But it's pretty often three. Mm-hmm. So two to four a week, two to four a week is my deal mm-hmm. um, because I'm just that selfless. I want to take to the meeting and give. I just yeah. want to give. I'm a giver. But uh, people could be misunderstanding what we're saying right now. We are not saying that going to meetings makes someone more spiritually fit. We are not saying that right now. No, it's a level of selflessness <laughs> to a, go give. Yes. And so what I want to clarify when we're saying consistency in what the three core areas of recovery is showing a reliance on God. I have to be disciplined in showing a reliance on God. That includes like prayer and meditation and stuff. I can't have any deceit or dishonesty in my life and I must help others. And so I have to be consistent in those three And you didn't mention that. And so let's add that to your list. Uh, The consistency I've seen since the day I met you. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen you without at least one girl actively in the book. And yeah. it's usually more than one, usually two more. to three. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm so saying- that's, So that's your bar, right? That's your minimum. So my bar is I always have a new person I'm taking through the steps, sometimes multiple new people. Right now mm-hmm. it's three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's been upwards to five or nine at a time, which and is And when, when a we lot. say we have three sponsees in the book, that means that every week we are scheduling one them. and a half to two hours per sponsee every week. Yeah. So that is, if you did two hours each, that's six hours a week, and plus your meeting, that's seven, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and then plus prayer and meditation time, okay? So we're looking at like okay. maybe but this eight gives to us ten, a good picture. So eight this... to ten hours a week that's disciplined hours that I'm giving to God in a self-sacrificial way, either prayer, and meditation, spiritual reading, helping others, going to meetings, giving back. Okay, uh, so let me ask you then, based on what you're saying, this is this is what I was getting at earlier when you wanted to like twist it the other direction. This is what I was saying. No, you are coming up on seven years sober, mm-hmm. and what we can say that you have done throughout your sobriety is that you have done a morning practice, mm-hmm. prayer and meditation. It ebbs and flows. It changes its costume, but it, you do Almost it. Every, always. Right? Uh-huh. You speak to other alcoholics on a daily basis. Yep. Helped someone this morning. Random You call. go to a minimum. Of, for you, one meeting a week works. Only because it's my home group and I have a service commitment. I'm you obligated to show up. I don't think you have to up. clarify it, though. For you, it works. Yeah. 
And then you always have one plus women actively working steps with you at a time. Now, this Every is week. not the women uh-huh. you sponsor. No. So, yeah. So, so so we sponsor a lot. Of, I ha- sponsor a lot of guys, right? And they call me when they need to or whatever. But when we talk about people in the book, that means I am actively walking them through the steps. And I think that that's a good point to make because when people are like, well, how many people do you sponsor? And, and I'll say, well, I got like one or two or three in the book right now. And so they think that means that's all I sponsor. In addition to that, I got 30, 40 other girls I've taken through the steps that may need me at a time. Right. So you and I used to be maniacs and we would take three to six people through the book at a time. And what that did is it eliminated time for the people that were already through Through the the steps steps. who needed our help. And so I realized I needed to regulate that, that, um, arrange those priorities so that way I am actually available to the people I've already taken through the steps Mm -hmm. because they still need, because my sponsor still makes time for me. So right now coming up on seven years, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a great point, by the way, sorry. And so right, right now coming up on seven years, the bar for you is, it's really low, but I think that's good for you. <laughs> Married you, didn't I? The bar is really low, so, wow, that, that hurt a little bit. Um, but how consistent have you been? You, Does you your consistent- say the bar is really low, but if you and I go talk to other people in a, in a 12-step fellowship, mm-hmm. they think we do it fanatically. They think we do it way more. They're like, mm. who are you kidding? You sponsor someone every week? Who are you kidding? You have a home group? They'll say they have 10 or 15 years, so they don't And we do have all commitments that. at our home group, too. We have, too. We have service group. commitments. And so what I'm saying is God holds people accountable differently. For instance, a bar for me that God held me to very early on my sobriety was my behavior with men and, and having certain boundaries and carrying myself a certain way. He was way. trying to clean you up for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. But what I'm saying is other people, longer sober than me, can get away with some dirty, slimy stuff and stay sober. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what God's plan is, why that person gets to get away with it and why why I didn't. So how do we figure out like where, okay, so my bar. So we talked about your, so my bar is, you know, two to four meetings a week. I do my prayer and meditation very consistently like you do. And mine, mine goes anywhere from 15 to an hour. I, I It's actually my favorite part of the day. I absolutely love it. Um, I also don't do a written nightly at night. I'm talking to an alcoholic every day. Usually they're calling me or I'm, you know, just texting with people saying hello. Um, and you always sponsor people like I do. And I've always got somebody in the book. I try not to ever be without somebody in the book. You don't do H&Is with me anymore. It makes me sad. Well, you and the home group kind of made that decision. You just don't like the night of the week that it's on. Because I have commitments on that night. I have two different commitments. Yeah, I know. And I made that clear the night it was voted on. I like, know. okay, Monday I can do, but if you move it to Thursday, I'm out. Just and sorry. Communicating so. my desire. Anyway, <laughs> how do we know that we're at the right consistency? Mm-hmm. And how do you maintain that You'll for know. seven years? How do I maintain that for 10 years? And and why do people struggle with it so much? So people struggle with it due to a lack of willingness. A lot of times, when you're newly sober, you're trying to figure out what you, quote, have to do to stay sober. Mm-hmm. And the answer is you have to do it until you get to do it. And I early on got to a place where I got to do it, and I was all in, man. I just threw myself all in. And so God gave me an unnatural level of willingness that mm-hmm. not everybody ha- seems to find. And so I, in that sense, I think I've only been consistent for almost seven years due to the grace of God giving me the willingness. But also, second part of this answer is I see the fruits of it. I see. I am well, able- and I was going to hold that till the end because I want oh. to. I want to talk about the benefits of it. Like, what do we get out of that? Because right? it, someone who is doing a sufficient amount consistently spiritually, there will be 
uh, evidence. There will be fruits in your life externally and most importantly internally, and you will love the spiritual or internal or emotional payoff you get from being living a life that disciplined. Are there areas in the recovery life that you've struggled with consistency? Like the nightly stuff. What else are you talking about? I don't know. No, I was, I'm asking. Maybe there's not. Maybe you're just perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I don't do nightlies. Did you record that? Well, we're going to record that and isolate it. <laughs> um, you know, there's times where I don't want to meet with a sponsee, mm. right? And I get excited when they cancel sometimes, Same. right? You know, and I, everybody that sponsors a lot says that, you yeah. know, it's okay. Um, but I'm always so glad that they showed up and I met with them after the fact. I'm just lazy. Okay, we're going to need that isolated, too, uh, immediately, so we can replay it over and over again. Uh, anyways, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Heather's going to get honest about all of this. Uh, don't go We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Uh, we took a little break there so Heather could just get on us. So now <laughs> go ahead and let's let's see let's hear the inconsistencies. No, there's lots of things that I've struggled with consistency about. I think Mine's prayer. Yeah. Mine is prayer. So I will in my morning routine, I will read my spiritual literature. Uh, I can sit quiet with no problem. Mm-hmm. It's prayer. I'm inconsistent with prayer and I struggle with it, even though I have had some really miraculous, I can't call them anything but that, miraculous situations happen in my life where God has made it really clear he's answering my prayer, yeah. like in my face, Yeah. and I'm still inconsistent with it. Is this the last it. segment? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because I, I wanted to talk about the idea of consistency. It, it's okay to struggle. Humans struggle. Humans yeah. are not perfect. And I think that it's kind of, it yo-yos. It waxes and wanes. Um, it just, the danger is, okay, here's where my mind goes. Here's what, here's what happens in an alcoholic mind. I haven't really done nightlies in three years. I don't need to do them. I've just been fine. Well, I'm, I'd argue with that <laughs> statement. You know what I'm saying now. Here's the deal. When it comes to spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines, you're not going to have a dramatic effect produced just because you prayed one time. And you're to your going, point, it's going to ebb and flow. It's going to ebb and flow. But what I'm saying is, is like when we're in meetings sometimes and someone says something like, well, I didn't do my prayer this morning and today was just crap or I didn't do a nightly and I couldn't sleep at all. That's not my experience. My experience right. is I can get away with not doing it a long freaking time. Right. Before, one day is not going to affect before me. Before it gets painful. And so, and chances are that I was in self. If today has bothered me, I've been in self for more than just today, right? And so, but I also want to point out too that mm -hmm. this is, if you're listening to this show and you're not in recovery, it applies to other areas. It applies to everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. People go to the gym for a week and want to know why there's no gains. People will get on their bicycle for three rides and can't figure out why they can't ride. Uh, so even success in business, success in your career, all of that is going to be due to consistency, not necessarily talent. Mm. Um, you've got to be consistent. Because I have the same problem in my in my religious prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I know for a fact God, God has answered some of my prayers in my face, very clear. You've seen it yourself. Mm -hmm. Why do I have so much trouble with prayer? 
You know what I mean? And we're human and we're fallible and we're going to always, always search for the easier, softer way. The, mm-hmm. We always want to try to get away with doing the least amount of effort as possible. That's just most of our nature, especially drug addicts and alcoholics. And it's like it goes back to the beginning. You have to have pain. Pain is the touchstone of all spiritual growth. So to give you you willingness, uh and without willingness, I'm just not motivated, and I can't become consistent. But hopefully, if you get some willingness um, and you become consistent, you'll see the fruits of that labor, and you'll be like, "Oh, I want to keep doing this stuff. This really works." So now, but it's harder the longer. Anyone can do this for a year or two. It's it's the three to twenty that makes or breaks people. And we know people in the fellowship that have never maintained consistency for many years and, and here's they the problem struggle. all right so let's not even talk about their struggle what are the benefits that we see so the people for maintaining a minimum of consistency because we're not perfect at it either right we're not perfect at it and everybody's consistency bar is different which mm-hmm. say it that way you and like for you and i we're our meetings and all that what god holds us to is different but for the people that do find consistency this means they're doing the same Uh, self-sacrificial disciplines over a long period of time and they maintain doing that Mm -hmm. um the byproduct is usually joy not just sobriety but what is it for you joy happiness uh comfortable in my own skin i feel helpful to others i feel like i have a purpose in life do you do you feel many you know there's uh if you could imagine folks a a zero line Right, like a flat line. A flat line, and sometimes you go above that line into happiness and joy, and sometimes you go below that line. How often do you think, Heather, that you dip real far below the line? So I don't do the flat line. I use the pendulum swinging scenario. I don't want to. I don't want my pendulum swinging way one way where I'm really depressed or sad or you know, or other the other way where I'm super manic and just you know. <clears throat> and do you think that your consistency keeps you in the middle? My consistency keeps me minimally swinging in the middle, um, where I'm am pretty even killed and calm most of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't lose my stuff, my my cool most of the time. Um, I'm able to look at a situation logically and respond and not react emotionally and immaturity. Mm, Emotional sobriety. And so I think that having consistency equals emotional sobriety to a certain degree. And I think that people that don't have consistency, it will really show up in your immaturity. The way you show up at work, the way you show up in relationships, the way that you still feel like a victim all the time and blaming others. If you don't have this consistency, what will manifest is your self-centered nature, which comes through character defects. <clears throat> and I, I think, too, like, the longer I'm consistent, if I'm consistent in a spiritual practice, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that, whether it's uh, reading my Bible and, and being involved in church, or it's a 12-step fellowship, being involved in recovery. Uh, I remember telling this to a guy the other day who was kind of at a low spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I explained to him is like, if you look at from the day I got sober to today, my disciplines, my level of emotional sobriety looks like, let's say the S&P, right? It looks like a stock ticker. Up and down, up and down. It goes up and then it dips. And then it kind of goes up. It catches up to where it was. It may go a little higher, and then it dips. Slightly. But if you look at the overall, it is going higher. It is getting better, which means I'm getting closer to God. And the closer to God that I get, the better everything gets. Like, I would say the same thing as you. Like, my lows, I mean, 
are nowhere near the same lows that they were. Yeah. I mean, they're just not comparable. A lot of times people be like, hey, Donnie, how are you? And in my mind, like if I know they're struggling or even if I don't, I feel guilty with how good our life is. And I mean that. Look, do I have troubles? Yeah, but I would be embarrassed to say what my troubles are on the radio because... We feel like they're insignificant almost. Right, because I feel like we live such blessed lives. But I think it's only because, for some reason, God's given us the willingness to be consistent with with spiritual disciplines. Mm. And I really feel a lot of empathy and compassion for people who can't grasp that just can't, can't find the willingness it. they can't find the willingness and my encouragement is do you pray, think it's, ask it's god to an, give an, you the willingness do you think it's an inability or just no desire i don't know everybody's different uh when we look at like people that we've known and, and like even my own experience back when i wasn't consistent i thought i was i think people live in a lot of delusion mm. and i think a lot of times people are doing the best they can but there's a lot they don't know yeah. They're operating with, uh, you know, really rusty old tools from the 40s. And, it's, and, it, <laughs> and they but don't it's, have a clue what kind of scalpel is possible yeah. here. And I love that you're saying that we're all different because there are, there are some definite areas emotionally, mentally, where you are far advanced from me. And there are, oh, I know. are areas in <laughs> physical laziness where I am far advanced from you. Shots fired. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but we complement each other, yeah. right? Yang, yang, yang. Um, God put us together for a reason. So, and that's I find the same. Like uh, I actually heard it thing, said in a meeting. Before we run out of time, like like I want to talk about the fact that like our literature says half measures availed us nothing. So if you're looking at your life on what you need to find consistency, you better pray and ask God to help give you that consistency yeah. and that willingness, um, because. Uh, if you, even if you're doing half measures and you're doing half of what half God, measures means you're just barely showing up. Half half measures avails you nothing. It doesn't avail you fifty percent goodness. It avails you nothing. It means I have to be willing to be uncomfortable and put forth effort for as long as it takes. Right. Well, I heard a guy say last night about the bar. He's like, well, you know, we were talking about willingness, and he's like, listen, I don't let my bar go lower than a certain point anymore. I just won't because I'm just not willing to feel that Pay pain price. anymore. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think you get enough experience that you go, okay, I don't like I have to do some growth right now. Mm-hmm. Some things hit me when visiting family, and I know that I have some work to do, and I got to find that willingness, and I got to ask for it. But I know that there will be a payoff enough to keep me doing it. Same thing with liars, right? Like, I'm just going to, like, throw it out there. Everybody lies at different times, right? And there's guaranteed some listeners right now that have lied recently, yeah. right? Um, but a lot of times you can't lie and be spiritual. And so you should get consistent where the second you lie, it feels so uncomfortable, you're done. And you just don't lie anymore. Right, right. It's, <laughs> it's, it, you get humiliated. All right, close it out. Yeah. Sorry, folks, we got to go. So maybe we'll do another episode of this. Thank you for talking about it. Don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.